What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 222. Uh, this week we got my guest Cooper Uglo out of Durham, North Carolina. Uh, he is an indie rock musician, and uh, I would say that his sound has a touch of blues and soul and some other elements in there for sure. I uh, featured his songs Gemini and Where There's a Will, There's a War. If you like either of those, you can find them on SoundCloud. In our conversation, we kind of just talked about the general music scene in North Carolina, uh, as well as Cooper's musical and literary interests. Uh, talked about our favorite NA beers and much more. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a fun, just all around conversation, a little philosophical at times, which is definitely up my alley. Uh, but regardless, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you are doing well yourself as we wind down the summer. Hopefully it was a good one. Hopefully you got plenty of gigs and still have many more to come. Still nice and hot out today, but uh, at least here in Maryland. But uh, yeah, uh, in personal news and notes, we got a big weekend here for the Hollow Truce coming up. We're at Leonora Winery in Mount Airy, Maryland in, uh, on Friday night. And then uh, we're going over to the Catonsville Music Fest with our friends in Sunrider 9 Productions. we got a set at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. And uh, if you're familiar with Catonsville, Maryland, uh, it's all on Frederick Road. They pretty much shut the place down, get a bunch of stages going, and uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be a great day, for sure. Um, other than that... Uh, you can look out for Cooper's dates on his pages. I believe he does have some shows coming up. Um, last few things I always mention is that there is a merch store for uh, this podcast. We got some shirts and stuff at the Shopify link in the episode description. Um, if you want to help the show out, you can always drop a rating or a review or a comment on wherever you may be streaming it. Uh, Part-Time Rockstar Productions is up and operational. We're doing music video shoots uh, in and around the DMV. we got a couple of them this week. And then now we'll be doing our another, another Spotlight series soon, which is an affordable music shoot for sure. And then uh, last but not least, we got Truly Strings, the sponsor of the show. Truly Strings is a guitar shop based in Laurel, Maryland. Where I take all my guitars, and Stephen's the best luthier in town. Without any further rambling, we'll get to the conversation with Cooper. Carolina, so not too far from you, I guess. Yeah, not really. Um, yeah. I think I was just kind of snooping around a little bit with the bands down there because I've heard some good things from like uh, I don't know Asheville in particular and Raleigh and and all that. So um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of good bands down here right now. Right on, and I guess uh, you guys are one of them, perhaps. 
Yeah, perhaps. I guess that that's up to your listeners, really. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I also play in a band, and um, I just figured it'd be fun to make some more contacts out of town, you know, in case we come down there. So yeah, uh, and likewise, in case you guys come up this way. But um, but yeah, I do plan. No, you do what? Yeah, I do plan to um make a a run up to New York City in the new year. So sweet, stop in Baltimore. We'll do something. Yeah, it's definitely on your way up for sure. Usually, some good places to play. You have a place yeah. in mind in uh, New York? Have you been up there before? Or uh, no, not really. Not musically speaking. Um, no, nah, I can't really think of anything offhand. I'd probably be playing with my friend Tucker, who's in a band called Total Slacker. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd probably just set it up, and I, you know, go off of whatever he suggests. Right on. Yeah. Cool. I figure we'll shoot. I'd, I'd I'd play in an alley if if yeah, uh, no. I was paid right. You know, I'll play mm-hmm. anywhere. Yeah, you can always busk it, I guess, if you want. But yeah, sure. It's, uh, up to you. But yeah, I guess I figured uh, I get your story here real quick. You know, a little yeah. behind the music, behind the band, whatever you want to call it. And, yeah, yeah. Um, looks like you guys have sitting... a. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying I'm sitting outside because it's so nice out. But um, I might want to come inside and just like it'll be less noise and shit. So. Yeah, it's, it's really up to you. Um, I got this new AI mastering that makes, like, phone audio sound incredibly good. Okay, so, so you can cut out all traffic noise and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't even really have to do it manually anymore. It's right. cool. pretty wild. So you're probably yeah, good to go, most likely. What a time but, to be alive. Yep, until it takes over completely. We yeah. live in the, yeah. the, bl- the blissful just calm before the storm maybe i don't know yeah uh, yeah we'll see the honeymoon phase of ai yeah so anything's possible but um yeah hopefully it's a positive positive future or outcome on that front it's all i read something yeah i read that there's a curve where it's gonna get like it's going to have a lot of negative effects, but it's going to have like almost equally positive effects um, mm. on the other end of the curve. So that's where that's where my hope lies. Yeah, what will be, you will be. Yeah, it could lead to a utopia or could not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> our, in our flawed idea of what a utopia is might actually not be good for us. So probably not. Yeah. Who knows? But, um, I'll leave that for Joe Rogan to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I usually don't go with the full three-hour format here. So Yeah, well, that's good. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so my story, like my musical story, kind of started in sixth grade. Yeah. I think that's kind of around that age when most people kind of get into music. I was definitely, like, not an exception. Um, I was just sitting next to this, uh, this really weird goth kid who played guitar and had taught himself how to play. 
and he, he kind of kept bugging me to be in his bands. Like, he didn't have a band, but he wanted me to be a part of a band with him. Yeah. And I never met anybody like him. Like, when you're 13, like, who's a goth when they're 13 in sixth grade? I don't know. At least in, in where I come from, that's kind of yeah. fucking weird. But uh, he was a, a weird, really interesting person. And um, hearing his songs that he recorded and uh, written by himself just kind of it just like sparked something in me where i was like oh okay i don't need to wait for an adult to hand me an instrument and sheet music i could just like make music and i'd already been such a huge fan of hendrix and the beatles and what was what else was i listening to probably 50 cent at that point (laughs) yeah Um, or like whatever else was on pop radio but i was already like so much it was shaping my world in such a big way that um, it was just inevitable that I was going to pick up some instrument and it just happened yeah. to be the guitar. But, so that's where it started. Nice. And, um, yeah. 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. Still, still chasing the dream. Well, if there's one thing I've learned living, is that living, living the dream. Hell yeah. Yeah, if there's one thing I've learned, it's weirdos attract other weirdos. So you yeah, gotta yeah. learn that, learn from each that other. Just, yeah, that shit is contagious for sure. But yeah, um, you have uh, a little bit of music out for sure. I can't tell um, how long it's you've been releasing music, but you got a number of EPs, obviously, and a couple singles yeah. up on Bandcamp. So I guess really. Yeah. The, the origin story I'm looking for kind of is like when this current project got going and how long you've been at right. it. Right. So like the, the solo project my, um, under the name you glow, which is my, my last name that started in 2018. And that was mostly just because it's, it's difficult to find people. Like I had just moved back to um, the triangle area here in North Carolina, which is Raleigh, Durham and Chapelville. Yeah. Um, after living on the West Coast for a while and being in a bunch of like very nascent bands out there that didn't really put anything out, mm-hmm. um, I had I think like six songs that I'd written that I thought were the best of the probably two dozen songs I wrote when I was out there, and I thought, well, I might as well just like try to record a demo or something and get something together on my own so i just recorded all of the instruments on the tracks like full band full band style but you know just on like shit i bought on craigslist like a cheap drum kit and a cheap bass and yeah. uh, just went and um yeah so it, it kind of started there and then i started playing out solo um and then if i could get a band together and have them for a few shows and then you know it's hard to keep bands together people have you know shit shit they'd rather be doing and it you know doesn't pay like a job even though it is a job i'm sure you know that yeah um, as fun as it is as life as life affirming as it is it's it's tough yeah it's tough to hang with it so um yeah i just kind of like kept grinding and kept going out on my own and um uh, yeah it kind of just blossomed from there yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm just. Uh, I mean, you have a 
like a I would say a modern sound probably for at least like what I feel like is going on in indie rock I don't know if that's something like you consciously think about or if it's just what happens but it feels like yeah, it, like the local just in, what happens. yeah the local indie rock station around here I feel like is a little you know would probably play something along your lines of music so yeah. I'm just kind of curious what if any thought went into like kind of your sound i guess um it not a lot of thought yeah <laughs> well it sounds so rough and not a lot of thought to the mix either because i'm not really a, like a, a producer like okay, everything so you do, i know you do it all everything yeah everything i know about music yeah that was like that first ep called phantom power was like a glorified demo it okay. was just playing all the instruments recording it myself promoting it myself and then like i started going into studios after that and getting like a much more hi-fi sound um but as far as like thought behind songwriting it's all just like what i come up with you know off the top of my head like either um coming up with a melody as i'm like walking to work or like sitting down with the guitar and coming up with a riff or something like that yeah. and it, it just comes out of like listening to a lot of like acid rock or punk rock or r&b or disco or whatever you know shape the song ends up wanting to take it's like oh this reminds me kind of of like jacob miller but then it has um like graham parsons in there so like uh it's sort of a reggae country vibe at the same time like there's yeah. a song on power that's like that sort of a reggae and country mix and i don't know why it works for me but it, it sounds good to me and so that's that's what it became it's called lucky stars if anybody wants to dig and find out what i'm talking about but yeah that's an that's the example just like mixing and matching genres and influences in interesting ways Mm-hmm. yeah I think you do a good job it's pretty smooth um, the song you sent me or at least one of them uh, was Hermit the Frog I'm guessing you might want to slap this no. on on the no, episode that, no the name of the song uh, two, I think I sent you four songs one of them is oh, called okay. Gemini the first one that might be the song file you're you're looking at um, uh, yeah Gemini uh, yeah, I see is it now Gemini, okay. Yeah. Uh, the other one, I think it was Surfing the Brain Waves and then yeah. Taking the Fur and then Where There's a Will, There's a War. Those are the four that I sent you. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, I was checking them out, but I figured I'd ask which ones you might want on this uh, episode and then what, and if you want to talk about them a little. Like, I usually do too. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, two okay. Yeah. How about um, Gemini, and where there's a will, there's a war. Mm. So the first one and the last one, uh, the last one should be in the second email. Okay. Got it. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know really. Uh, what to say about Gemini? But it, well, it's it's uh, written for. Written for a woman I used to date, um, who was a Gemini, and I don't know. We were just struggling a lot with, you know, be, 
dating a musician. If anyone's ever dated a musician, you know that we're <laughs> yeah. perpetually, perpetually kind of in flux when it comes to finances, to put it like kindly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We we really cared about each other. We still do. We're actually still pretty good friends. Um, and we went through a lot together and that song took like a, a while to write because it, uh, I came up with the opening kind of arpeggio riff when I was probably 17 and then some of the other parts a few years later. And then it wasn't until right before going into record it in 2019 that I actually like solidified all the parts and um finish the lyrics so so you know some some songs take 10 years to write some take 10 minutes yeah it's all variable as anyone who writes songs knows um but yeah that that's a popular one that when i go out and play people like gemini and it's really fun to play it's got a lot of different parts to it um i just tried to to pick parts that felt like they flowed really well and um, I listen to a lot of like old '60s music, like Hendrix, yeah. like I mentioned, and he has great production where things just sort of they're rocking, but they also really orchestrate themselves in a really cool way. I kind of just tried to do my own version of that with less yeah. um, less like retro sort of. I wasn't trying to bite any kind of retro thing or any kind of grunge thing, even yeah. though it kind of sounds like those. Um, that's just what I was listening to when I started writing the song, so that's what came out. But, you know. Yeah. So are, yeah. You, are you able just to play to... Oh, go ahead. I was just trying to write something pretty. That's kind of it. That's cool. Makes sense. Yeah. I think you did a good job at it. It's easy listening. Yeah. Like, uh, no offense to any of my previous, you know, podcast guests who may or may not listen to this, but obviously, sometimes people send me some pretty wild shit, you know, yeah, some pretty aggressive stuff, and I'm just like, man, I don't know. I used to listen to some hardcore stuff, but not okay. so much anymore. Yeah, um, I still, I yeah. still, I like, I'll listen to power violence, but I'll also listen to like rock steady reggae, or like Patsy Cline yeah. or classical music or just total avant-garde uh, noise shit. Like I've been re really into uh, Sonny Chirac, the, the free jazz guitarist lately, and some of that is like really harsh. And then yeah. it goes into something like really pretty, which is kind of what I'm into, like going between those two dynamics. So Yeah. Who are some of your other uh, bands that you would say kind of influence your sound um well dinosaur juniors a good, a good example yeah. yeah they're really good at going between the pretty and the harsh uh, i actually get a lot of I'm... comparisons to my own songs to them not so much for the style of songwriting but my voice apparently okay, and I, okay. it's kind of funny because i was never a, a big dinosaur junior fan but everybody's always hey. asking me to cover them <laughs> yeah so. Well, that's cool. I mean, they're hard to cover. Yeah, for sure. They're really hard to cover. They're actually going to be playing the Hopsco Hopscotch Music Festival um, 
in a month uh, down nice. here in Raleigh. Probably going to go see him. I haven't seen him in, well, about 11 years or 12 yeah. years. I think 2011 was the last time I saw them when uh, Henry Rollins was interviewing them. It, it was like this tour where they were playing, I think, Bug, the album. Um, and then they had Henry Rollins interviewing them, which was kind of interesting. Nice. So, yeah, yeah that's one. Um, who else? Uh, Hendrix. Hendrix, Dinosaur Jr., Neil Young. I really like Neil Young. Um, yeah. Sinead O'Connor, believe it or not. Um, so yeah. we just, and we just lost her. That was that was a pretty emotional day for me. I thought yeah. she was a really, really cool person, really passionate, really um, walking to the beat of her own drum, no matter what. So that's one. Jacob Miller, like I mentioned, he's a reggae artist who was uh, really close with Bob Marley. Hmm. And he also passed away when he was young, um, he, in a car accident. Around the same time as Bob, too. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's incredible. He's he's a real deep, kind of a deep cut when it comes to a lot of that scene. Not a lot of people know about Jacob Miller, for whatever yeah. reason. So, he's one to check out. Even though I don't play a lot of reggae, like his his uh, vibe I really like to take into what I do his passion yeah kind of looked like him a little bit <laughs> yeah you strike um, me as someone who might be influenced by more than just other music though like are you a reader or like uh, into yeah. yeah yeah I love Octavia yeah. Butler I've been reading her lately gotcha terrible sower uh I like a lot of beat poetry, mm -hmm. like uh, William Burroughs and Jack Kerouac. Yeah. That's kind of what got into reading on my own. Like in, it was around the time I started playing guitar too, around thirteen, just picking yeah. up like the Subterraneans or On the Road or the Dharma Bums. Yeah, they they were the pretty wild things to read at that age, and they were, it was just like fun. It was yeah. something be to kill a mockingbird. Not that that's a bad book, but uh, yeah. You know, no, it like, grabs you more. Yeah, kind of did. Although To Kill a Mockingbird really grabbed me too. Yeah, but the, you know the sex. Like when you're 13, you're just like discovering like sex and hopefully not drugs. But I was discovering <laughs> drugs then. So yeah, sex and drugs and just like being freewheeling and well, I don't know. You know, that's freewheeling through the, the lens of a, a rich white guy. Not to throw shade at anyone, but, you know, when you're 13, yeah. you're not really at that level yet, necessarily, of, like, delineating those kinds of privileges and such. Yeah. But they're interesting books, so that's kind of what what sparked me was that. And Maya Angelou, reading her poetry, that's always been a favorite of mine. So, nice. Yeah. So, what's your plan now? Currently, are you playing out at all? Or I know you mentioned trying to get up to New York City, but um, yeah, 
I have a lo I have loose plans to do a tour next spring up to New York City. Uh, but I do have I do have one show in the books um, here in Durham for September. It's September 30th. It's going to be Bullhorn Festival, which nice. is just a small uh, black and indigenous people of color festival music festival um mm -hmm. run by an organization called bullhorn and uh they're just wonderful people who have actually worked sound for one of their events before uh, they yeah wonderful people wonderful friends it's going to be a good time and yeah that'll be september 30th um I'm working on having a band join me for it, but I may end up just being solo for it also. Yeah. So I guess that remains to be seen to show <laughs> up and we'll find out yeah. which it'll be. It'll be good either way. Yeah. Me playing with a band versus me doing the solo guitar thing. Like they're, they're both um, fun, inspiring and rewarding in their own way. I, I like to make them that way. Yeah. I think a very different approach to each. Yeah. I definitely know the feeling. Sometimes there's yeah. a certain level of like freedom in playing by yourself, but yeah, uh, at the same time, I guess there are constrictions too, uh, depending how you look at it. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, you're for I feel like you're forced to make when you're playing. When I play by myself, I try to make it more of an intimate, kind of um, balladic, yeah, sort of approach where you know you can only rock so much maybe mm. by yourself unless you got like a drum machine or your you know uh ariel pink or something it's like hard to sort of sort of going down that down that rocking avenue yeah you know what i mean yeah i try to just like work within my bounds and not like push push myself too much but when it comes to a band you have a lot more freedom and yeah. Um, you could just have it be a lot more um, symphonic and ballistic, you know. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise, I guess you could always just Craigslist some people down there. I don't know. It sounds like from people I've talked to, well, there's I, a I lot of people playing. Got a right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I probably won't do Craigslist. I've done that in the past. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think there's and, probably you know, better ways to do it now, out, but it yeah. worked out for one show. But um, yeah, I've got a couple friends who probably joined me. Um, my yeah. friend Devin has been playing in the most recent band. Uh, I think he's down to join. I need to get a new bass player. Yeah, um, yeah, we can throw something together. The songs are not really that difficult. It's mostly just uh, changing parts, but I don't really use like. Uh, intricate chords or anything at this point. Yeah. Although I'm writing these stuff with uh, alternate tuning. So. Oh, there you go. It's yeah. fun. A little Keith mm -hmm. Richards action. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. More, I guess more like Neil Young or uh, I guess Sonic Youth used a lot of alternate chords and Sonny Chirac used a lot of alternate chords. So. Yeah alternate right tunings yeah do you guys have like or do you personally have other bands that you can usually work with like to put a bill together or do you feel like you're usually kind of flying solo on that front 
No, actually, there's plenty of people to play with here. And uh, yeah. uh, as is true with my influences, I'm pretty much willing to be on a bill with like any other genre of music. Like I played with solo rappers. I've played um, with Afrobeat bands. Just yeah. anybody. Yeah. I, uh, I had a comedian open for me on uh, oh, one nice. show. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Do you feel like there's like a, a dominant uh, genre in the triangle down there? Like, like I would arbitrarily, say, I would guess bluegrass or something like that. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. There's a lot of country and bluegrass, like old time bands or what they call them here. Yeah. Um, but also a lot of EDM. So okay. it's like yeah. kind of a weird dichotomy of like all these people who are like pretending they're in the 1930s and then all, right. all these other people pretending they're in the 2030s like yeah. dressed up weird and like they have the newest state-of-the-art like mode uh, and uh, stuff like that that's all above like over my head like both sides of it are like i don't know how to play a mandolin or use a turntable i'm just yeah. like living in 1973 or something <laughs> with, yeah with my guitar licks we all have our favorite. But have uh, fun on the left. We all have our favorite decade. We wish we could just be born in or live in, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like when I heard deaths, you know, you see that documentary, the uh, it's a, a band called Death. Chuck Schuldiner, I think. No, that not the death metal band, but the uh, proto punk band. Yeah, uh, they're worth checking out if you've never heard of them. There's a a documentary called a band called Death. And it's these three African American uh, brothers, yeah, who were they were playing like jazz, funk, rock, fusion, kind of like Earth, Wind, and Fire at first, but then they heard Hendrix and the Who and the MC Five and other folks, and they're like, "Oh man, we should play like rock music." And so they started in like 1972 or 73. Uh, yeah. Started playing music, not unlike the Stooges or uh, like early Bad Brains. It, they're very similar to them. But years before the Ramones, hmm. there's a whole documentary about it. It's really worth watching. And they still tour, too. Nice. Yeah, they kind of got rediscovered. That's part of the whole arc, is that they sort of yeah. like became nascent. They were kind of nascent from the get go. They only played maybe a dozen shows. And then they uh, kind of switched gears and went in different directions. And then um, one of them passed away. And, uh, ah, see, I'm ruining the whole thing. People should just huh. go watch it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to let people watch that one. But it's a great story. And they're a big influence on me. So, Right on. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. always looking for new, uh, new TV recommendations and movies and all that stuff. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, we could have a whole other podcast of me, like, spitting out uh, biopics and documentaries for you to watch, because I'm a total nerd about all that. Sweet. I might have to text you then. Get some new yeah, ones. Yeah. Yeah. The Nina Simone one. That's another one I could just throw out before we, like, move yeah. on. Um, if you haven't seen that one. I think that's on Netflix right now. I think it's... Uh, Miss Simone... I want to say is the name of it. 
Okay. I'm forgetting the exact title, but it's an incredible, incredible documentary. If you, if you like Nina, or just want to know more about her and uh, her life, which is like endlessly interesting. So. Well. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> Looks like you're getting some sun today. That's for sure. Yeah. We get sun every day. It seems like. Yeah, we got a little rain the other day. I huh. I really like baking on myself. I don't oh, really yeah. mind the heat at all. Everyone else is like withering and dying out here, but I'm kind of just like here for it. I know like this level of heat and this level of sun is like, you know, a sign of global warming or a sign of <laughs> climate change, and that maybe there's something we could be doing about that. But you got to take the you know, the bad with the good, the good with the bad. There's yeah. a silver lining. Silver lining is we get a lot of vitamin D in and, and it's really nice oh. to oh, sweat. I'm the exact same way. Honestly, I think I could probably move, move to Mexico. And just oh, yeah. Live in it all year long. I've been thinking about moving to Brazil. There you go. I do I do capoeira um, as a hobby. And... Uh, Brazil is really the the mecca for capoeira. Hmm. Um, I don't even. Yeah, talking endless sun. Wow. Yeah. And rain. Actually, they get a ton of rain, and I love rain. So. Yeah. I used to live in the Pacific Northwest, and endless rain, almost. Yeah, that sounds kind of too depressing for me, but maybe it's good for writing songs. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't know how I wasn't more depressed. I was so stoned all the time. The weed there is so yeah. good. That's probably why I wasn't that sad. I Also, I just love rain. I legitimately yeah. love like being out in it. Like, sun and rain. Snow, I'm not too crazy about. Yeah. What's the current status on uh, weed legalization in uh, North Carolina? Is it still, like, super illegal? I think it's decriminalized. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, um, didn't Maryland just get legalized? Hell yeah! It's a glorious, yeah, right on. Glorious summer. I have two. I feel two different ways about legalization. Honestly, like on the one hand, um, a lot, I know a lot of people who make income from selling certain things. <laughs> um, Correct. <laughs> and you know, if you're doing it non-violently in a non-toxic way. Uh, I suppose I don't have any problem with it. Yeah. Um, I can't speak for everybody's approach to that. But, you know. I figure eventually... I, that's, enough, that's another whole hour of podcasting yeah. I could go up on. But, I figure um, it might eventually be like the farmer's market, where you could still sell pot, yeah. like on your own, like organic pot. But, uh... Now, like Are you drinking um, Athletic Brewing, by the way? I I don't want to sponsor them, but it's pretty great stuff. I'm not I'm not like sober or anything, but um, I'm trying to drink a lot less, and this stuff definitely fools me into into thinking I'm drinking beer without actually drinking beer. Yeah, so. it's, it's funny because I'm also drinking in a in a beer, so oh different, yeah, different variety. Uh, there's one they sell up here. I think it's called Penn's Best, like Pennsylvania or something. Mm. Cool. Okay. But I'll check it out. Too. 
Yeah, really tasty. I, yeah. I didn't ever get athlete or uh, NA beer. Like I've always been like, immature, great drink. But um, you know, then your body tells you why you should be just drinking. And uh, yeah, someone came by a, a jam session that I host every month at my rehearsal space, and they brought this, and I cracked one open and tried it, and it was just like, okay, I get it. Like, um, it's just like sort of satisfying whatever urge I have to like drink when I'm with friends or like socializing, but I'm not actually, yeah. excuse me, I'm not actually like distracted by how tipsy I am or feeling bloated or anything and i'm like feeling hydrated too that's a really important thing to me uh so yeah i guess i'm on the the na train yeah no, it's, and one of my I'll... favorite bars has it here on tap apparently oh there you go yeah yeah, yeah it seems to be a popular trend lately but it, it definitely helps for sure um i don't know i don't know how much i want you to include that in the podcast because i'm not really trying to um, endorse any. Oh, you mean the brand or NA it's beer in general? Well, just maybe just the brand. Okay. I guess when it comes to endorsements, people could just ask me one on one. Yeah. But it's your pot. It's your podcast, so I guess do your thing. <laughs> I don't know. I talk about random crap all the time, so I don't. I don't really know. But uh, gotcha. But yeah. Um. Is there anything pressing, pertinent? I don't know. Like any other things that I maybe didn't ask about, like coming up that you wanted to mention? Yeah, I'm um, I'm releasing a track on a mixtape by my friend, uh, curated by my friend Ad Day. And uh, it's called Black Noise, Black August is the name of the mixtape. Um, and the song that'll be on it is called Endless Superstition. And it's just a just a new song in a, an alternate tuning. Um, kind of folky, kind of psychedelic. So sort of in keeping with what I do in ways already. Um, and yeah, I'm excited about it. I guess that's all I have to say. I worked really yeah. hard on the lyric this time, whereas in the past I really have not, in general, taken a lot of time with the lyrics. So, yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah, trying trying to grow and expand and take different approaches. Nice. It's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess we should talk about work since this is called part time podcast. Like yeah. we didn't really talk about what I do part time. Um, we could talk well, about that. Uh, yeah, sure. What do you do for work? I'm a retired paramedic, and now I pretty much just play music full-time. But when cool. I started this, I was technically part-time. <laughs> yeah. What was that yeah. like? Uh, I mean, pretty intense. Um. Uh, Although maybe day to day not as intense as you might as expect, but looking at the whole right. thing like uh, globally, then yeah, pretty high level of stress to yeah. live with. My so. uncle is a paramedic, so he's told me some things 
And uh, yeah, it's basically like what you said. Just like usually pretty chill and then until it's not chill and then it's yeah. dense and you just have to be really grounded to handle it, seems like. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like you might often worry about going to work more than actually doing the job. Like uh, imagining uh, something's going to be more stressful when you're actually right. in the stressful situation like people dying or whatever usually there's yeah. like is a sort of sense of calm because you kind of just have a job to do and like as yeah. long as you know what to do then you're you're a little more focused and it's not actually as bad as you probably think it's going to be yeah that's wild but it could, i could see adrenaline being a big part of that too uh, yeah I, I feel like it might wear you out long term probably what happened to me yeah. just riding yeah. those high catecholamines all the time kind of i don't know if it's good for you or not you get used to it but yeah, yeah. wild but uh well, i i do something pretty stressful too and that's um i work as a sound technician which if anybody uh listening knows um it's kind of similar except no one usually dies yeah <laughs> um but you go in being like oh man something's gonna go terribly wrong and i'm gonna have to i'm gonna be the one who has to fix it because you know the people on stage are there to to do their job and that's not fixed shit necessarily and then the audience is you know there to enjoy themselves and the venue is there to make money <laughs> yeah the, so shout out to all my sound technicians um, oh yeah yeah keep drinking that coffee or not well, drinking it sometimes it makes the anxiety worse yeah definitely unfortunately <laughs> zoom's about to kick us off here so oh. uh i think i gotta let you go but yeah. um i appreciate the time and coming on yeah thank you brett we should we should talk more i'll be in touch about that tour yeah that'd be awesome yeah all right man have all a good right, rest take... of your afternoon you too So, yeah, thanks to Cooper for coming on the show, and thanks to you for listening. The song in the background that you're hearing is called Where There's a Will, There's a War. Later.